Shane. Hello. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. Glad to be here. Oh, yeah. Usually you're in the producer's seat, but you're in the front seat now. Yeah. <laughs> Got oh, yeah. Real quick. <laughs> I am joined today by, as you guessed it, Shane Locke, my good buddy Shane. Uh, hello. Uh, we are going to be talking about The Last of Us, episode three. So take this as your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen The Last of Us, even episode one or two, because we're going to be delving deep into that, or you haven't even played the game, please check out the rest of our episodes that we have right now. Uh, we have the full video game draft. If you want to go ahead and check that out, go right ahead. But if you don't care about spoilers, strap on in. Because yeah. we're going to be delving deep into this masterpiece. Oh, yeah. We are absolutely going for a ride in this masterpiece of television. Here we go. Welcome back to the Free Topic Podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Salvador. I'm here with my good buddy, Shane. Hello. Hey. It's me. It's a him. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be talking about The Last of Us, episode three. It is one of the singular best episodes I've seen on any TV show in quite a long time. Let's get to your initial thoughts, Shane. I know you're you're new coming into this IP coming into The Last of Us. You haven't played the game, but you've seen it purely as television fans. So, what, what what did you think? I'm so excited to hear what you think. Oh, it was it was good. It caught me. It, it grabbed me real quick at the very beginning, and very quickly got quite depressing <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Like I was like, oh, this is cute. Oh, <laughs> this is cute. Yeah, look at these two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's> basically. <laughs> I mean, coming from somebody who hasn't played the games, it's very intriguing story-wise. It really hooks you. It's it's really cool to see the outside aspect of the whole situation because you know, we're, obviously, we're focused on Joel, Tess, and Ellie. Mm-hmm. Well, now just Joel and Ellie have <laughs> even watching yeah. it, but it's it really shows the you know the the so called crazy people who are like oh doomsday preppers and things like yeah, that. yeah the conspiracy theorists and all that that's how Bill is initially introduced you know he's mm-hmm. a guy that's seeing his whole town literally get evacuated he's just the only guy settling in for the ride from his bunker you know and he's seeing them from the cameras and stuff so yeah man i get what you're saying it's something that coming in from you know as a player of the game i did not expect this at all to go the way that it did go and it was so beautiful it was a beautiful story very well acted very well written everything about it was just fantastic so if you're ready i'll go ahead and go through a quick what we call a quick recap or a quick summary yeah, let's go. we're trying to keep it under five minutes that was my that was my, or, or rather 10 minutes that was the last episode of where i got to all right so episode three of the last of us uh titled long long time it was directed by peter hoare of umbrella academy and daredevil fame the main characters this was basically an hour and 20 minutes of just 
a beautiful love story of Bill and Frank, played by Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett, respectively. Now, I know, Shane, that you are probably as, as big a fan of Parks and Rec as anybody. Yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know so. that. <laughs> so Nick Offerman being in this, I mean, I, I've i seen a few episodes of Parks and Rec here and there, but I know Ron Swanson just by sheer meme potential that he had and just so much internet content out there of him. Uh, Murray Bartlett, I, I know from a couple of episodes for White Lotus, but he was also quite good in that as well. And in this, uh, we start with the aftermath of Tess's death. And right away, we notice that there's a shift between mm. Joel and Ellie's relationship and that Ellie did not for once uh, feel sorry about either herself or Joel, which is, you know, refreshing to see because, you know, you expect kids to be, She's a little you know, crazy. She's a little, yeah, totally emotional, and she is not. She just uh, said, listen, I didn't ask to be here, you didn't ask to be here, and I certainly Mm -hmm. didn't make you guys be here. So I will not talk about Tess, but yeah, like I I won't do that, but you can't blame me for what happened. You know, those were the dangers you guys Mm -hmm. took. So I think Joel recognizes the not only the truth in that, but respects somebody that isn't affected by the horrors that this world gives you every oh, yeah. day. He's, you know, so. he's still going through his own shit for sure. No, oh, yeah. So after that, they set out to Bill's town, essentially to ask for help and see if he can provide some kind of guidance or any sort of supplies for their trip to the Fireflies science base. So as we walk along with Ellie and Joel, Ellie, of course, having grown up in the post-apocalyptic world has tons of questions of what was the world like before all of this happened, you know, and it kind of gives us as an audience, a good way of knowing kind of what exactly happened. Of course, we already saw in the last episode that there was an outbreak at a flour and grain factory in Jakarta, but Joel pretty much confirms that, listen, this is what happened. It affected a large portion of the world. And, you know, unfortunately, it just spread way too far, way too fast for us to keep up. And And pancakes. Yeah, and pancakes. Through pancakes, through bread, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. So, Well, you know why he brought that up, though, right? Yeah, his daughter, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he realized how close they were to Mm -hmm. being infected. Well, uh, you you realize that he's had a long time to kind of think on it and stew on it, and he probably thinks about that day quite a lot, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. As, yeah, Ooh. as they walk along, they see what it, it is basically a mass grave of human skeletons and remains, and Joel explained to her that as society was deteriorating, as the world government structure was falling to pieces, the military would come to these small towns, round everybody up, and essentially shoot them. Mm. That's what we devolved to doing, is if you did not present a real kind of use... The words that you said is, uh, dead people can't be infected. Yeah. Then that's essentially the viewpoint that they saw. Like, we can't risk you being alive to infect other people, so... We're going to go ahead and kill you. So military is going to military. Oh yeah. 
And in these human remains, there's a piece of fabric, which was beautifully transitioned into another flashback. And that's essentially where we're at for most of this episode was a flashback to 2003, where the small town of Lincoln got evacuated. And that's where we meet Bill, Nick Offerman, with long hair and a full bushy beard already. And Gorgeous as hell. Gorgeous. <laughs> uh, Frank certainly thought so. But, <laughs> yeah, he uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> so he ended up staying. He, you know, We meet him in all of his glory. He had every kind of gun that you can imagine in his bunker. And he got right to work. As soon as he saw that nobody was left in his town, he got right to work into not only creating traps and trip wires and the like, but also isolating himself further by building fences with what he had. And he stayed that way. He stayed that way for three years, you know? So for about four years, he was isolated and alone. And with the comforts that you can get with regular gas and regular electricity going through your house. And suddenly one day, somebody falls into one of his stitch traps. And that's where we're introduced to Frank. Can't we all be so lucky? Can't we all be so lucky to find the love of your life and the life partner in a ditch of your own <laughs> making? <laughs> and in a hole that you it, made. Literally. And uh, yeah, that's where we meet Frank. And Frank is a welcome foil to Bill's curmudgeon-y kind of isolated persona. He represents you know, the hopeful side of humanity. And that's essentially why he came to be in that ditch. His group wanted to see what else was out there outside of a quarantine zone, you know, and that's mm. sort of in a nutshell what Frank represented in the show, which was there's something better out there than just surviving. So as, you know, the two get acquainted, Bill cooks him some rabbit and some vegetables and pairs it with a wonderful, wonderful wine. The two start getting to know each other. And you start seeing also that Frank was such a better, I guess, judge of character than Bill would have given him credit for. Because he could see through Bill's facade and cut down to who he really was on the inside. The whole piano sequence, the way that they realized that they were both of the same sexual preference. And just right from the first kiss to the first night... Uh, together, it was, again, a beautifully rendered way of telling of how people meet and fall in love, even in this horrific post-apocalyptic world that, mm. that we're set in. And then flash forward a couple of years, and then that one night turned into a full-on partnership. And we see that they both have such different ideologies about living in this life, you know? And apart from Frank wanting to just be more than what they have currently in their town and Bill oh, yeah. just begging him to like, hey, uh, don't go looking for trouble or anything like that. Overall, yeah, we Bill, start seeing the difference between the both of them. Yeah, Bill wanted to survive. Frank wanted to live. Yes, absolutely. And it's not an original story, but it's also something that when captured correctly can be such an uplifting sight to see when you see these two opposite sides kind of not only compromise, but grow in love because of their differences. Yeah. So as time passes, you know, you start seeing that Bill is much more of the protector. Uh, Frank is mm -hmm. much more of the making what is their 
safety bunker and safety house, you know, their safe house into a real home. You know, that's what he brings. And we see how their partnership with Joel and Tess came along because Frank, as always, you know, ever the (laughs) people person, he met Tess through a radio, you know, and that's how they came to meet each other. And already when the first dinner scene, you see that Frank and Tess resemble people that bring life to a situation. I'm not sure exactly where it hardened Tess, like when we actually did see her into a much more of a survivalist than than when we saw her in this flashback. But we also saw that there were real similarities between Joel and Bill in that they protect people, you know? And... As it goes, we hear Joel pretty much warn Bill, listen, there's going to be raiders. There's going to be trouble. You got a real nice piece of land here. People are going to come looking for it and people are going to come try to steal it. And that they do, that they try. Bill fends him off with his traps and his the, the way that he set up the town, like as far as defenses are concerned. Unfortunately, he gets shot and we get our last time jump to the present, to 2023 where both Bill and Frank, you can see that they've lived out their life together. They're in a much older place now, but unfortunately, Frank has contracted an illness, I'm thinking cancer by the looks of it. And we see that Frank has lived like this for quite a long time, and he decides to end it on his terms one day uh, you know as they wake up and from then it's just seeing these two people that we've spent probably an hour with and their love story and it's such a beautiful way of saying like ending a love letter to couples anywhere to be honest with you in that kind of circumstance and you know he asked bill to do the hard decisions because that's who bill is you know like he wanted it to end by having his sleeping pills crushed and added to their wine which and you gotta say is a tiny bit selfish it is but then again like he i think he felt that he earned the right to be selfish, yeah i know he's you know? like you love me right and he's yeah. like yes he's like then i want you to love me the way i want you to love me yeah you know and i feel like after almost 20 years together that's something yeah that, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. sure that he felt that he kind of earned that one kind of request from him. But as we all know, Bill is never without a plan. And he ends up doing the same because he yeah. really couldn't picture a world without him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We cut back to Joel and Ellie and the fact that they arrive at their town and they found that it has been unfortunately vacated in the worst possible way. You really see, especially from Bill's note to Joel, that Joel, I think, considered them more than just a partnership. They consider he considered them friends, even though you know Bill can be very cranky and just a grump, you know, like a get off my lawn kind of grump. But I think he really Hmm. did feel like, hey, I'm losing my support base here. There's no more Tess. There's no more Bill. There's no more Frank. So there's nothing really else tying him to this. But the Bill's last message to him is what kind of propels him to keep going with Ellie in this trip. So they find what they're looking for, the restock in their, their supplies. They find the much coveted truck that they have been looking for mm-hmm. because of uh, Bill's very 
meticulous planning. And they set off. They set off to the west. I know I blew past the five minutes, but that was the quick recap. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go ahead and dive uh, further in. Let's hit some of the beats that we really loved about this episode. And we'll be right back. Yay. All right, Uh, we're back. uh, (laughs) All right, Shane, as a newcomer to this IP, what would you say is the highlight of this particular episode? One thing that really stuck with you as you as you watched it? I would say probably the piano scene. Like I was not expecting that. Like I was very I was very apprehensive to see where it was going because it's a zombie TV show oh, yeah. based on a zombie video game. So I was waiting for some crazy shit to happen. Like, oh no, he was hiding a bite all this time. But no, like instead, love. <laughs> and I was not expecting that. It was it was a very left field. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. Oh, they're into each other. Great. Was not expecting that. Cuz I just wasn't expecting it at all, which is great because that's what I like in a TV show. I like not expecting things, but it was it was really good. No, it was cool. And then at first I was just like, okay, is he pretending to be into guys to <laughs> distract him so that way his other fellows can come in? And no, none of that happened. So it, it was a delightful su- surprise for sure. Oh, yeah. And that's something like in the game, it wasn't fully uh, expressed. It wasn't fully mm-hmm. said, oh, Bill is gay or anything like that. It was very heavily alluded to and almost confirmed by the way he said partner. And that's the biggest change. And I want to highlight that here. I know that you haven't played the game, Shane, but no. for those at home listening and that have played the game, this represents the biggest change from the source material. In the video game, we do meet Bill. Bill is a character that we find on our way to getting Ellie to the Fireflies. But he is so much less of what was depicted here on the show. He was the foil to Joel and Ellie's eventual partnership. He keeps trying to convince Joel, hey, leave Ellie, get her back to where, where she came from and just keep surviving, keep living out there. Because caring about anybody is just only going to get you killed. And eventually they do find Frank. And Frank was never anything of what we see in the show. Frank was actually just a body that we find hanging at a house. And, you know, that their partnership dissolved in a much less amicable or even loving way. Frank left behind a suicide note saying, you were right, leaving this town did end up killing me. But... I would rather this end than living another day with you, which harsh, first of all. But it was certainly a lot different than Bill and Frank's story here on the show. And when they first met each other, Frank immediately gets attracted by, ooh, he's actually not just this guy that builds traps and hunts for food. He's Mm -hmm. cultured. He has a piano here. He has real sheet music we know we could play. And not only that, but Nick Offerman. What a, yeah, what a pleasant surprise of him singing uh, Long, Long Time by Linda Rodstad, which is just so surprising. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful scene. Oh, yeah. No, it was like you say. It was, as I like to say, absolutely adorable. <laughs> <laughs> which it, it was. was adorable. Yeah. It was. 
Like, it was really cute to see, like, okay, what's going on here? And then, oh, that's what's going on here. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Glad they're it's, happy. It's two people that probably have been without someone for a very long time, especially Bill. Yeah. I that think Bill even said that. He was just yeah. like, uh, one, one time with a girl a long time ago. And Frank always, like, I know. You know, he, he, he could <laughs> tell, yeah right away that that was the case but i have that also as one of the highlights of the episode the one thing i want to highlight though is their relationship as it blossoms could start to see one a few of the cracks a few of the bad days Mm -hmm. that they had you know yeah but you always saw in a very healthy way how love brought them together in a compromise You know, without getting, I'm sure that anybody, any one of us who have been in a relationship more than anything have gotten pissed off at some point to (laughs) (laughs) to where our disagreements can take us. But always, you know, whether it was a relationship that lasted and I'm one of the Mm -hmm. lucky ones that had that on that end. But I also know when a relationship doesn't last because of those differences, just how important compromise is to see it on screen, just people knowing how to argue and people knowing how to compromise and go, okay. The part where Frank was trying to fix up the boutique and the sto- shops mm-hmm. around the town to make it more presentable because <laughs> he wanted guests, you know, that. Yeah. I want know, friends. It, <laughs> we don't need friends. That was we very might. relatable. We might. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I don't, there's no friends to be had. You don't know that because I've met a woman through a radio. I was like, what? Yeah. It's like you did what? <laughs> so, it, is, it is a beautiful scene of a relationship hitting its stride and mm-hmm. knowing what the difference is between surviving and living, which is what it's about. Uh, I'm looking yeah, so forward to seeing what the next episode has to offer because so I. I, I just wasn't expecting it to be this good. Like, I have never been like hey they made a tv show or a video or a movie on based on this video game and i'm just like oh so it's gonna be shit (laughs) (laughs) no i mean and that's something that we touched with oscar the last episodes where we never really had a video game adaptation be not only this well received but this well done you know i think the the biggest example we have, honestly, is Mortal Kombat. Not oh, the God. the new movie, but the one from the 90s, you know? Yikes. Which, I mean, it was what it was. I am yeah, personally I, a fan of it because I grew up with it. But, uh-huh. it, yeah, of course, it's not. Would you say that it's a great movie? No. But it, yeah. for what it was in the 90s, it was particularly like they're doing a very good job of making a tv show about something where the source material is a video game but making it different enough or at least doing a good enough job that like you don't have to know any of the previous material to enjoy it exactly exactly and that is why i for one was excited for you to see it and oh, yeah. I'm so happy that you're there because I know that this is one of the shows that you would you would love. I'm enjoying it. Hella good time. Hell yeah. But as we all know, nothing's ever perfect. And right. we've come to the part of the show where I like to call Uh-oh. the nitpicks. Uh-oh. So I would like to get your nitpicks, if you had any, for this episode. It's nearly flawless, but I know that there's some things that we kind of narrow down to. What do you think? I mean, my only nitpicks, because I can be an ass, it's just like the time. 
It's like any time there's combat in this particular instance is uh, when the raiders showed up and they were like, hey, we're here. Oh, we found a place we can raid. And they are like, oh, no, there's flamethrowers. We're just going to all burn to death, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And they just took it like, uh, oh, wait, maybe move out, move out of the way. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, it was the only thing I could think of. It was it was a little bit silly. But I mean, like, I also understand it was supposed to be a narrative point because they were shooting, which, again, they were shooting at bill and bill's like frank get back inside i got this and was just shooting standing still with a sniper right well it wasn't a sniper rifle it was a rifle and he well just, what do you expect him to do he's like 58 years old at that point or 60 and well, he, yeah, he wanted I to get barrel that. roll into like <laughs> into the I mean, it's just not based on the games like come on <laughs> <laughs> Oh my but, god! I mean, joking aside, I don't know. I just thought it was really, really campy at that moment because he was standing out in the open and he didn't get shot until he said, "Frank, get back inside." And then he got shot. Which, yes, I get it. But <laughs> Frank brought him back inside, and but the threat's still there. There's still a bunch of people outside the fences. I don't know. No, I get you. I get you. And you know what? Like, I, for one, when you brought up this point earlier, I completely did not think of that. And it was to those points, like, of course, you have to suspend reality for a little bit, some belief, because you are watching a TV show and there is plot that's going to push past what you think is realistic. And that's kind of what I thought. When my one nitpick, pretty big one. I've been to Boston myself. I've been to the Northeast. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I did not see any sort of geographical resemblance to mountains or creeks <laughs> around, <laughs> around around Boston, or even if they were telling me that they were ten miles outside of Boston. Did they Photoshop what Wyoming looks like or Tennessee looks like? Or I, I'm not sure exactly what they were going for, but I, I certainly was not believing that fact. That there's... yeah, I just assumed because it was it's it's been what twenty years. The mountains Since... don't sprout up the twenty. Well, yes, okay, you know, <laughs> you, you got me there. <laughs> I was going to say with the whole greenery and like everything being taken over by nature. I mean, it's been 20 years, but yeah, no, mountains don't just appear. <laughs> don't just appear just after 20 years, you know, so that was probably my biggest nitpick. But other than that, it, it was just beautifully written, beautifully acted, sublimely done episode of mm. television. And oh, yeah. that is more than likely what this episode will be remembered for as the highlight of the of the show of the first season. So I can't wait to well, see then, more of Pedro oh, and Pascal. Yeah. Pedro, yeah, right? Chef's kiss to the zaddy of the internet, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> yes, he yeah. is the daddy of the <laughs> So those were the nitpicks. We'll go ahead and figure out who, what I like to call who won the episode, is who was the survivor of the episode when we come back. So Shane. Yes. Survivor of the episode, who do you think? Was? Survivor? Well, obviously not Bill or... <laughs> 
<laughs> Frank. <laughs> well, not the literal survivor, sure. If that's the way we're going, then it's either but, it's always going to be either beat Joel or or Ellie. You mean you mean who did their best? Who I you thought you thought like ran away with the episode? Oh well, then absolutely, Bill. Bill, absolutely. Oh wow! Explain yourself. I want to know. Well, I mean, the whole episode, not just because the whole episode was centered around him. But he did a great job of humanizing, like, the idea of a survivalist. But he did a good job of, uh, he was very human. Yes. Especially when he met Frank. And not just because of the whole relationship dynamic, but from then on out, he was just like, all right, it's me. It's me now. It's me now against the world. This is how it's going to be. Then he met Frank. And he was just at first, before it got, oh, okay, they're romantically into each other. Before then, I was just thinking, you know, he was probably just happy to have a friend. Yeah. How about even like, see somebody in four years? Yeah, like, you, just, you're just have, by yourself. Yeah, just to have somebody else and he got who he got along with. It, you know, like, that's probably gold and any zombie apocalypse um, situations slash scenario. But he, I don't know, he just felt very human with how everything was going on. I agree. Yeah. And the way he handled everything. Yeah. I was so hard pressed to not name Bill because everybody's going to see his journey. And it's such a Mm -hmm. wonderful journey to see by a beloved you know character actor that we all know play out from like you said this mm. survivalist who has only ever cared about himself to meeting someone to falling in love to protecting that love at all costs and then grow old with that love which from an hour and a half of television you really can't ask more than that uh oh. my survivor of the episode i think is frank for me he represented not just what we already talked about which was hope and and love and living versus just surviving but he was the catalyst so much more impactful than just bill because if bill someone like bill can be turned into someone that not only loves but will fight to protect that love that, I think, is something that Joel will really resonate towards because Bill never had children. Bill never quite will know what the pain or the loss of a child would feel like the way that Joel does. But Joel and Bill were both the very same characters in terms of, I don't need anybody. I am only focused on the next day, you know, like just surviving right. this day, getting to tomorrow. And on and on and on it goes. But Frank was the one that kind of showed Bill that he's not just a survivalist. He's this protector. He only functions when he has something to protect, which ultimately showed Bill that he really didn't have anything past Frank. You know, when Frank asked him to give him one last good day, I think that for Bill, that was like, okay, I can, I am satisfied, as he said, you know. I'm mm-hmm. old. I'm satisfied. You are my whole purpose throughout these 20 years. You so go, I, go. I can go. Yeah. And that's essentially what he left to Joel. He said, you and I are the same. You and I are protectors. So 
and unfortunately he added tests because he didn't know that yeah. Tess was already dead but he really reminded Joel of what he's here to do and so he sees Ellie and he sees you know wonderful bit of acting by Bella Ramsey of putting in that little Ron Swanson giggle like hey, 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 hey. That, that was pretty funny <laughs> and that was because of Frank that was because mm. Frank turned this character into that and helped remind Joel of who he was. So I think he was the survivor of the episode. But Hell Bill yeah. and Frank, what a fucking beautiful story it was. I can't wait to see what the next episode will be. I think we're going to go back into the fray, as they say, as in the action department. From the looks of it, they're finally getting to the Pittsburgh location in the game. There's, they're gonna be squaring off against something <laughs> worse than Pittsburgh is already Sardra. shitty without zombies. Am I right? <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. We here at the Free Topic Podcast always support Pittsburgh and whoever they, whatever. But <laughs> anyway, oh. Shane, awesome to have yes. you, man. Thank you so much for doing Hell this. Hell yeah, man. Thank that you so much fun. for being our pinch hitter. Unfortunately, Oscar was not available for this episode, but we look forward to seeing him in many more episodes from here on out. And Shane, of course, mm. always welcome anytime, buddy. Thank you so much Hell for yeah, being man. a producer, and thank you so much for of course. Uh, joining in. Absolutely, my dude. That was episode three of The Last of Us. And again, a huge thank you for listening in if you have been these last few weeks. Uh, It's really a fantastic sight to see whenever I see the numbers come in. And so, again, you guys, thank you so much. Thank you to Shane for joining in today. Yeah. And I hope you guys like the show. And if you do have any thoughts or ideas or anything that you'd like us to cover in, in future episodes, please drop a follow. We have an Instagram page at free underscore topic pod on Instagram. And, you know, listening to us at Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We're definitely going to be expanding a little more as the weeks come. So my name is Ricky, and this has been Free Topic. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for listening. I will bite you. What? What? <laughs>